Hello and welcome to episode three of Mindful of Life. My name is Adam and I'll be hosting you through the next 40 minutes or so. And we are joined uh, again by our co-host, Fernando. Obviously, just to remind you that this is episode three. So if you haven't caught episode one or two yet, please do go and find it. Uh, we host uh, our podcast on Anchor, which is by Spotify, uh, but Anchor sends it out to all of the other platforms. So you can find it on Google Pods, you can find it on Apple. Um, it's out there, so please do find it. And please do remember to come and follow us on all the social medias. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. Just search Mindful of Life um, and come and see us there. Today, we are joined by our very first guest, and I am so excited to introduce you to him. Um, before we do that, um, I'm just going to check in with Fernando because we've not heard from yet, Fernando. Tell me, how are you? How's your day been? <laughs> very well, thank you, Adam. Uh, it's been very warm, but lovely to be here, um, and especially to have like, Johnny Bradley uh, today with us. Yeah. Okay, so you've just given it away. So our first guest is Johnny Bradley. Uh, so let me tell you what I know about Johnny so far. Uh, so Johnny is an entrepreneur, is an author, is an educator, and he's helped thousands of people across the world to start to build and grow their own brands. And he knows the struggles that many business owners can go through on a daily basis. So hopefully we're going to learn how Johnny brings mindfulness into his practice and uh, what he can tell us about that. So, Fernando, you know Johnny, and, and you're the one that, that suggested having him as a guest. Tell me why. Well, Johnny has been my mentor. You know, he's helped us uh, with Vegan Tech, uh, with the launch of the, the brand. You know, it's been really, really helpful. Um, I haven't, you know, got tired of recommending his work to anybody wanting to, you know, start up a, a new online business or creating their own brands because he's got incredible wealth of experience. Um, he's also into personal development, so that's why I think, you know, um, I call him the mindful entrepreneur. <laughs> and anybody who is, uh, who is either starting or thinking about starting or even like have already like started and is struggling with like the everyday, you know, problems that come up with like with any startup. I think he has a lot to say. Everyone, you know, will benefit from listening to him. Great stuff. So obviously we set up Mindful of Life with a, a view to, for me to be able to increase my knowledge on mindfulness. We've already talked about nutrition. We've talked about meditation. So I'm hoping that in, in the next um, 35 minutes or so that Johnny can actually develop me i'm really excited to to learn what he's what he knows uh, to to find out more about him and his career um so without further ado welcome johnny um thank you for having me yeah i, I think this is a really really great chat and something that i've been focusing more heavily on over the last probably the last year or so like more heavily but through doing so have realized so many issues that i could have overcome quicker <laughs> If only I, I'd, I'd have not, only if I'd known, you know what what I know now, right? How insight is twenty twenty. So hopefully this is going to be really interesting for for yourself, Fernando, for myself. Um, yeah. To and and obviously all the listeners, you know that's that's why we're doing it, right? Uh, yeah, hopefully, absolutely. <laughs> hopefully they can get some value out of this because, you know, I feel that some especially what the area I operate in might you know business mindfulness sometimes. In the past, maybe it's like a little taboo or it's, it's hard to speak about. But I think 
a lot of people are very responsive to having these conversations. Um, yeah, and I, I like having them as well. I always learn something. As every time we do questions like this, I'm always learning. Yeah, that's great. So actually, you just talked on there. Um, you've mentioned about the work that you do. Uh, for anyone that, that's just uh, listening in, Tell us, what do you do? I mean, I don't know, most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, so um, I, I help people build brands, online brands. So um, the majority of which they, they sell on Amazon, just because Amazon's, you know, it's this huge, huge business. They've got tons and tons of customers and we can just leverage that. So I'm teaching people how to actually build a physical product brand from scratch. So these people may never have had a business before. Maybe their first, you know, their first one, their first instance of having these certain stresses. Um, and then take them through to the stage where hopefully, you know, one day they're selling their business to some of their big competitors and having a, a nice payday. What's the most rewarding part about, about doing that kind of work? Because like, I can yeah. imagine when, when you've got a, a small startup that's, that's just going and, and you kind of see them grow from, from that to the point of selling it to, to one of their competitors. Just tell us a bit about the process around that. That, that is, yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of work that goes in before that happening. So sometimes you're doing the hard work and you don't get that gratification or I don't get that gratification straight away. But I see the, the, the quick wins. So a, a great example is when someone makes their first sale, right? They, they'll message me because it's obviously an achievement for them. And that's an achievement for me because I then get that, that kind of third party gratification from, from them. Um, or I give awards out to my clients as well. When they reach certain milestones of sales, then they get like a, these awards. I'll show you so it's on camera, but they're aluminium awards. I think, yeah, Fernando, you've got one up there somewhere. We do one for a hundred thousand pounds earned. Um, we have, you know, million pounds earned. So we those are really gratifying for me because I sometimes, well, pre-COVID and hopefully now going forward, I get to hand them this award, which is a, is a physical representation of their success. But also it's gratifying for me to see that smile on their faces and to speak to them and, and, and that, those sorts of things. Um, you know, so that that really does drive me because to get that result, <laughs> it takes a lot, a huge amount of work day in, day out to, you know, to, to, of their work as well as mine. Yeah, that's great. It, it sounds really inspiring stuff. And, and obviously, I, I took a look through your social media before and, and what you do is incredible. But obviously, we are here to talk about mindfulness. So the first question that I've got for you, Johnny, is what does mindfulness mean to you? Mm. So it's a very good question, because I'm probably going to give you an answer that is completely unrelated to what actually mindfulness is. Right? <laughs> great. Thanks for that. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, because I, you know, I'm, I view mindfulness in terms of how can I further understand my own thoughts and emotions, because everyone's going to be different and something that may affect me may affect someone else completely differently. So it's hard to sometimes say, this is how you react to a situation when I'm going to react differently. So for me, it's about understanding yourself. And may, maybe that's the, the definition. I don't know. Is, is someone can uh, tell me. Very, very close. <laughs> close? Okay, very good. close. I've got it. <laughs> yes. And the, the, the way that I've you know, come to that thought process is because I might have issues. I might be stressed. I might be, you know, overthinking something, may be it in my professional or personal life. And I found that when I read books or when I speak with someone or I do some research on that particular that particular element that I'm having troubles with, I'm always able to then overcome that situation or get closer to overcoming it or, or understanding it better. And I feel that the understanding is, is 
the biggest part of overcoming most issues. And I'll give you an example. I used to, <laughs> I mean, I love cars, right? I've got like Mercedes. I love driving fast. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> However, I had a real issue with driving. And uh, so I grew up first car, like modded it up like an idiot. And, you know, <laughs> and just being a bit reckless, obviously not too reckless, but after a certain period of time, I, I, I couldn't drive on the motorway. And this was after quite a few years of driving and really enjoying driving and it being, you know, part of my, my personality, I guess. And for some reason, for like a couple of years, I just could not drive on the motorway. I would almost basically get panic attacks, but I didn't really know what a panic attack was until I started researching what was happening to me. And I was, that's what mm -hmm. was happening. I was getting this huge anxiety and fear of all sorts of horrible things happening. <laughs> and it, it went on like that for a while and, and it got to the breaking point where I was like, this cannot go on any longer. And I just started researching, you know, driving anxiety and the people in the videos and the people were saying, this is one of the easiest things to overcome. And I was like, okay, cool. How do you do it? And I started following those instructions and really, really, really quickly, I overcame that. Like, like it was almost overnight. Wow. I was like, oh my God, I wish I researched this you know, two years ago or a year ago when this started becoming a problem. So nowadays when I start to have different anxieties or different stresses or anything to do with mindset, I'm always trying to research it and learn more about it straight away because someone somewhere, or most of the cases, a lot of people everywhere have overcome or had similar issues. Go on then. You, you, what you need to do now, Johnny, is, is give us some of those, those kind of tips or tricks that you learned that, mm. that, that was made it able for you to to overcome those anxieties mm. i think one thing and this probably kind of transcends across multiple different kind of issues or, or however you want to call them is trying to seize things from the third perspective right not from your point of view so with driving for, and i had another one with flying as well and i can give you it's a very very similar example and what they said is picture a journey so take a journey that you know well that's not going to be too confusing you understand it, you can picture it in your mind and picture it from a third point of view, so from above, right? So imagine you're mm -hmm. a little bird, bird's eye view over your car and just following you on the journey, like a five minute journey, you know, in your local area. And just do that backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, just keep remembering and keep reminding yourself of it. And then go on that journey and then start to picture yourself from the third perspective, from above. And the whole idea was that you do it going forward and then you do it in reverse and then going forward and in reverse, you get desensitized from what's actually happening, which is something very, very safe most of the time. So once I started doing that, it then just unlocked something in my brain. It was like, oh, this isn't anything to worry about. I know this, this, is, this isn't scary. This isn't hard. And I gradually increased the distance. So then, okay, I'll go on the M25 for one junction. Okay, cool, I can do that. Let's go back and just keep going around the same two junctions <laughs> again and again and again and again <laughs> until problems over, overcome. Same thing with flying is picture what you're doing, picture yourself from, you know, above the plane, picture everything, understand that you are safe, look at the statistics. And I, I did that and I went on a few, I think I did 10 flights in three months and went from a, a place of being, you know, as soon as I get to the airport, anxious, you know, sweating, you know, really not mm -hmm. very happy, quiet. You know, if I was going to the airport with, with anyone, I'd get quiet. Um, it's because I'm overthinking in my head about all the things that could go wrong. So that really helped. And if I look at that in terms of, say, for example, you have a stress that you're dealing with at work or for me in my business or whatever it may be, a relationship, you always 
can give advice to people when it's not you, right? It's, and the advice is so clear when it's not you, but when it's happening to you, you're just like, I don't know what to do. So the, I think the key thing is to try and see yourself from that third perspective so you can give yourself advice. If I was to see this, if this was my friend, this was happening to my friend, what advice would I give them? And that's probably the advice that you should take on yourself, right? Yeah, I, I must admit that I'm a terrible person for not listening to my own advice. I'm always the first one to give it, <laughs> but I never listen to my own. Um, can I ask, Johnny, um, do you still have anxieties about driving or flying or do you think you've totally eradicated that now? Do you have to keep coming back to this practice? Uh, occasionally, yeah, in all honesty. So most of so. Uh, I solved this problem. I went and bought a fast car because <laughs> I was like, right now, I, now I can drive fast and let's go get a nice car. Um, so most of the time I'm absolutely fine with that, but there are occasions, like, I mean, th these are probably split seconds moments when I might be driving or it might be at night, maybe on a country, I live in the country. So sometimes you maybe can't see quite far enough. And I, I get that slight anxiety, but and then I'm able to be mindful about that and understand that, okay, this is just normal. This is my brain telling me you might, this is something to be concerned about. You don't want to crash. You don't want to hurt yourself, but am I safe? Yes. Am I driving a, a reasonable speed limit? Yes. You know, I'm going to be fine. Yes. Okay. Let's move on with the journey. So those things do happen occasionally, but they, they're not um, detrimental to that particular experience. And with flying, again, I haven't flown anywhere for quite a while now because of, because of COVID. But I would feel more than comfortable now going on a flight because I've overcome that so many times before. Even if I did have a, a slight anxiety pop up, I would be like, no, actually, I, don't, I, I can get rid of that. I don't need that. And I can get around that. So I think once you overcome those those anxieties, and these are probably small level anxieties as people that have far more like crippling anxiety than, than, than I have had. So I can't really appreciate that side of things. Um but for me, once you see that experience happen again, you know how to deal with it better because you've been through the process before, right? It's, a, it's an interesting subject. And the previous like podcast, we did talk about, can you remember like uh, looking down? Well, in therapy, I mean, you've done a, a great example of how to overcome like um, a phobia, mm. you know? That's what it was. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a process that, you know, we do in therapy and it's, it's by looking down, when you actually remove yourself from first person, Right, you're looking down, so you're outside of your body looking down. You're actually detaching yourself emotionally. Mm. So when we are having like uh, anxiety or stress or anything like that, by looking down, you're actually removing the emotions from the experience. And that's you know really what you've done remarkably well to overcome both you know uh, phobias. Mm. Amazing. I was um, finding it really like just kind of weirdly exciting that in the last episode we were talking about <laughs> kind of looking at yourself from the third person and then all of a sudden we invite you Johnny and, and straight the first thing that you talk about is using that as a as a device so uh, it's something that I'm definitely going to look into more. Now one of the things so you've you've talked brilliantly there about how you've used kind of mindfulness and, and these techniques uh, to kind of uh, overcome phobias and fears in your personal life. How do you use it within your work? Mm, good, good question. Probably not as well. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I think um, it, this happens all the time in, in business. I, there's a lot of stress in business. It's a huge amount because you have financial pressures. You might have responsibilities to people, persons. You know, I, I have a responsibility to my clients. So I have a responsibility to my, my family, to the keep a roof over my head. So I think there's always, when there's financial pressure involved in anything, you're kind of up in the stakes a little bit. 
so you know, one of the things that I have a training program where I, I, I teach people the, the process of setting up the business. But before I teach anyone about setting up the business or any of the, the process and the ins and outs of it, we talk about mindset because that is the most important thing. And some of it is just like success habits and how to get the best results. But one of them, I call it crisis prevention. And inevitably things will go wrong in your business. That is a, basically a guarantee. Something will not go correct. And what often happens is that the first time or the first few times you start having a crisis, you automatically, stress levels go through the roof, you panic, you don't know what to do, you can't see through the, the problem, right? You can only see the problem, you can't see the resolution. So what I try and, and teach people to do, and something I try to do myself wherever possible, is when something does go badly, then to go, okay, this has happened, I can't change that it's happened, right? I can't go back in time and I, I shouldn't be overthinking this. How could I have done this, this differently? Let's just work on the solution first and step one. Let's not look at 50 steps in the future. Let's go with what can I do right now today, if anything, and if I can't do anything, okay, well, I can't do anything. So let's try not to stress out about it too much, but try to lay it out methodically and logically of what can I do right now to get closer to the resolution or get closer to a point where I'm going to be more happy or less stressed. And I feel that that's really, really helpful for anyone in, in that position. And I, and I deal with Amazon quite a lot. So this won't make sense for a lot of people, but I'll, I'll try and explain it so that you, you, it does make sense. Or like I say, a solicitor, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> when, when you deal with Amazon as a, a seller, right? Someone that sells on their platform, you are at their mercy. And if they decide that something's wrong, or even if there's an administration mistake, they can shut you down straight away overnight. And you can go from making sales to nothing. And that, and that happens. If that happens, the first thing you're going to do is panic a lot, right? And this has happened to me in the past. You panic. And often is the case, you don't need to panic because there is a resolution. It's just something's gone wrong or someone's made a mistake and you just need to get it fixed. And you don't need all that worry. So understanding that things going wrong is okay, I think is, is the first thing, but then trying to find the resolution if there is one and just working towards it one step at a time rather than the whole massive problem all at once. Because often is the case, it's many steps that make up the resolution rather than you know, one, one issue, one thing resolving the whole entire problem. Yeah, that's great. I mean, one of the things that I have to do within my job as well is, is quite a lot of... Um, problem solving and like you say dealing with what might seem like a crisis but actually uh, wouldn't be mm. um so obviously like obviously you work with all these different brands and companies what other advice do you give people when when either they're first starting out or when they go into these these problems obviously it's kind of you've mentioned there about kind of doing the the, the immediate thing first and and whatever you can do are there any other kind of tips and tricks that, that you can share with us that that can mm. help successful businesses. I, I think it also comes back, I, I think this all comes back to the first resolution of seeing yourself from the third party. I think that is probably the, the biggest thing that you can do is quite often when things go wrong or someone has an anxiety about something or whatever it's going to be within business, you jump to a conclusion, your emotions kick in, right? Automatically you're thinking, 
what if this goes really badly? What happens if financially something bad happens? What happens if I'm not able to pay my bills? What happens if this? And quite quickly, you can jump from something that's easily to overcome, easy to overcome, to my life's gonna end and it's gonna be the worst thing that's ever happened to me. It's very easy to make that jump, right? But completely illogical in most cases <laughs> that that's ever gonna happen. So quite often I, I have to, when I'm dealing with my clients and they're stressed about something, they have concerns about something, I'm essentially trying to minimize the, I guess, the, the <laughs> I'm very calm, right? So if they're very agitated, I'm very, very calm. <laughs> and I think that <laughs> helps un them understand that this isn't this massive problem, this massive issue. Here's part of the resolution. Let's go and focus on that first. And I think having maybe someone calm in your life, I, I don't know what, what the best way of explaining this is. So if your emotions up here and someone else's emotions down here, then they might get a little bit more stressed trying to help you out. But hopefully they sh you should be able to bring them down or they should be able to bring you down a bit. And once you're able to kind of switch off that emotional trigger, then you are able to, to think logically. There's a reason why you can't kind of speak logically to a child having a tantrum. They're in tantrum mode. Like you, you just have to give them, you have to give them a hug and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm there for you. Calm down, let the emotions kind of fall away. And then they'll be back to thinking like a more logical human being. And I think that's the same if you're, you're seven years old, if you're 15, 25, 40, 70, it's, we're human beings, the same thing is going to happen. Emotions kick in, you, you can't control it. That's just what emotions are sometimes. Yeah, that's that's great. It's it's You have a, a really calming voice as well, Johnny. Um, <laughs> so I can imagine you would be good in that kind of situation. <laughs> Hopefully uh, none of us will have a tantrum tonight that you need to get us out of. <laughs> um, so uh, like, I'm just thinking back into, into like how... Well, I, I want to look more into the, the personal development strand of your work as mm -hmm. well. Like, I think one of the things that, so I'm a theatre producer, and one of the things that I have to do within within my role is make sure that the creative team, that the actors, the stage management, when they're coming to work on a on a production that we're putting together, it's it's my job for them to be able to do the best job that they can. And so, like, one of the tools that I'll use is when I'm if I'm doing an audition or if I'm uh, interviewing a, a designer or whatever is one of the questions I'll always ask is um, what do you need in a rehearsal room for you to do your best job and it I always find it's it's an interesting question and and it, it provokes really interesting uh, responses actually in that some people they will talk about tangible things that they need that they, they might need stationary or or a certain uh, tool thing whereas other people answer it more holistically um, and talk about the, the atmosphere that they crave and that they want to work with people that are similar minded or, or those kind of things. So what I'm asking you, Johnny, is, is when you're when you're working on personal development with with clients, what is it that you what tools do you use to kind of to get them to be the best that they can be? I think there's uh, there's a couple of ways I want to answer this question. There's, there's one specific kind of line of questioning, but also what I do to set myself up to have a good day or to, you know, to be positive. Cause I notice if I don't do those things that the latter doesn't happen after or as well. So one thing that I find really, really helpful is kind of a quite similar question to, to what you asked, but it's, it's why, right? Why are you doing this? Because the field that I operate in requires a lot of time, a lot of effort and, and money as well. If someone doesn't have a driving fire beneath them and a reason to do this, that's more 
than just, I want to make some money. It's not going to work. They're not going to be able to put the time in. And when those issues happen and they get stressed, they'll be like, I just, I don't want to do this. It's not worth it. So understanding why I think is really, really important and getting it down to the core level of, you know, if you ask yourself why like seven times, you probably get down to the actual reason why you want something. Oh, I want to make more money. Why? Why? Well, I want to make sure that uh, I can work part time at my job. Why? I want to spend more time with my family. Why? I want to be there for when my kids grow up. You know, there's 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 real reasons. And this is more that gives you that driving force. So I think before I would work, I do work with people. This is what I do at, at the very beginning is I allow people to spend that time figuring out what is their why. Right, what's their driving force? Because if you don't have that, then you're really going to struggle when you know things do hit the fan, right? <laughs> you, you are going to struggle. <laughs> but also, if someone comes to me and they are having you know real concerns about, I don't think this is for me, or I'm really struggling and I, and I don't know if I can put the time into this, then I ask them, well, why? You know, why are you doing this? Center yourself back to why and realign yourself with the vision that you had once before. And I've done this many times where I've had really long days or weeks or months. And I'm like, this just feels like I'm on a treadmill, right? Not on a, like, I'm just doing the same thing rather than a ladder. I want to be progressing. I just feel like I'm just, just treading water, but I have to sense myself with, well, why am I doing this in the first place? You know, why is this important to me? And that allows you to go, okay, let's kind of forget about all the, the, the nonsense things that are happening day to day, but let's focus on the bigger picture. Um, that I think really helps my, my clients and me to be in the right mindset to do great work and to do, and to be excellent, right? I want my, my clients to be excellent and have excellent brands and to have excellent customers. And I think you, you need that mindset. But the second part is how I would set myself up for a, a great day in you know, having a, a great mindset because it can very easily go one way or the other, right? You know, if I wake up in the morning and I start looking through my emails, I mean, if I get a message from HMRC, I'm not having a good day, right? I know there's a tax bill due and honestly, that really, really winds me up. <laughs> and I, and cause I'll be thinking about this all day. I'm like, I've got this bill to pay. I don't want to pay it. You know, it's just cause who, you know, realistically who really wants to pay HMRC anything. Um, I'll pay my way, but ugh, I don't like it. So that, that winds <laughs> me up and that will put me in a bad mood. So I don't want the first thing happening in, in the day to be annoyed because that will have an impact on the majority of the day because it takes, a, it takes a long time to get out of being annoyed. Um, so the other thing is having a good start to the day. And it's not just about the emails. It's making sure that, you know, you are hydrated. You maybe have exercise, even if that's just a walk. Um, I find that when I get up earlier and if I do a workout and I have much, much better days and they could just be a placebo effect, but it works for me. So I know that if I've got a lot to achieve or I have deadlines or I've got to be particularly creative with the work I'm doing, I need to make sure that I'm getting up earlier, I'm working out, I'm re releasing some endorphins. I'm sure there's some science behind that. Um, you know, having some good water, whatever it's going to be, some nutrients, and then I can get to work. And for some reason, the creativity flows better at, at those times. I don't know why that is, though. So maybe you, you guys know. <laughs> no, I, I can only um, agree with, with what you're saying there in that 
I really do find like one of the things you won't know about me, Johnny, is that recently I've been on a, a real health push. I lost a lot of weight and I've been going cool. to the gym a lot. And um, I definitely over the pandemic whilst working from home and once the gym had reopened as I was able to change my shift patterns and I, I was ended up working like nine till three and then I'd go to the gym. Well, I go to the gym in the morning, then work nine till three, go back to the gym and do another session and then go back home and then work for two hours wow. into the early evening. And that final two hours was unreal, mm. my output that I could do. Like I was so productive, I felt focused. And so there's definitely something about that, but that that's my own personal reflection on it. What about you, Fernando? I, I find the same. You know, if, I, if I've got a busy day, I can do anything I want. <laughs> if I've got a really lazy day, it seems like my energy levels just, you know, the drag and drag and drag. Um, I think, you know, if you want to ask somebody for time, for a favor, to squeeze you like for 10 minutes to get something done, ask somebody who is super busy. Because like I say, they can do in 10 minutes what, what nobody can do in, in three hours, you know? Mm. Uh, and I find that when you've got like a really busy schedule, you know, it's, um, you seem to be, you know, be more geared up and be a lot more focused, more productive of you and mindful of your time as well. That's That's great. If I can just like talk about that i had a massive massive projects uh 2019 okay so i was redoing all of my training all of it from scratch and this this yeah, yeah this this took six nine months of working every single day horribly long hours and it was a huge amount of work and before i was doing it i, I started off and i realized oh this is going to take significantly longer than i thought and i had that overwhelm straight away of oh my god why did i why did I do this? <laughs> um, recentered myself with why. But then the, the main thing that made a difference was really scheduling my time. Because if you're working from home, particularly if you're self-employed, you have a business, you, you control your schedule most of the time. So it's very easy to get lazy and it's very easy to put things off if they're not urgent, right? Setting a schedule down to the minute of what I was doing every single day made a ginormous impact. So I would say I'd be getting up at five or half five and I didn't, no one wants to get up that early and I'd, you know, work out, I would read for an hour. I'd never read for an hour in my life, like in, in consecutive days, but during the busiest time I was reading an hour, an hour a day. And I, I don't know how I was doing this, but it's because I, well, it was, was that reading, sorry, was that reading stuff that was to do with what you were studying or just something away from that? So, sort of. Yeah. So the, the first book I read was, um, called, I think it was called hyperfocus when I started this, because I was like, I need to, I need some hyperfocus. So I was trying to, you know, self-develop myself while doing this, you know, really long task, um, and by doing that, I then was able to take a lot of those lessons learned and put them into what I was doing and, and kind of regurgitate that information and, and use it for, for my clients. But that was so influential in making sure that everything worked. And I, I, I'm so glad I had that hour at the beginning of the day just to work on myself, right? Not work on a task, not work on the business. I'm just working on myself and there's no agenda. I don't have to read if I don't want to. I could sit for half an hour with a coffee and then for the rest of half an hour, I could just be like thinking. But, and, and that was really, really useful time. You know, I'd work out in the morning as well. So I would start properly working at maybe half eight, maybe, maybe nine o'clock. And at that point, 
I've already achieved a huge amount. I feel like I've worked out. I've already done some self-development. My ideas, my brain is buzzing with ideas because you've been reading and start to, you know, uh, be, start to be creative. So when I started to get to work, I would then manage my time so incredibly, um, like, it, intricately efficiently efficiently yeah so i was setting alarms on my phone so every time i had to set a new task i would have a 15 minute reminder before the task was ending so it would say you know um this task is ending in 15 minutes so i'm preparing myself to stop working because what i found in my past and i'm sure maybe you guys have had this as well and probably a lot of listeners is that when you're working on a big task a big project you you forget to take breaks you forget to hydrate. Now, if you forget to do these things, you get burnt out really, really quickly. And that's when your stress levels can increase. That's when you get super tired in the evening. But if you're able to just take efficient or take enough breaks and hydrate enough, you can work more efficiently for longer. So I had to remind myself to take a break because if I said take a break, I'd be like, oh, I just need to finish this one thing. I'd tell myself, I just need to finish this one thing. And then two hours later, I'm like, oh, I forgot to take a break. And the damage is done by that point. So I found setting a reminder to take a break, 10 minutes before you have to take a break, gives you that mental time to finish what you're working on. So you can switch off, take a break, take 15, 20 minutes, you know, have some water, whatever it's gonna be. And then you can go back into work mode. And that, that really, really, really helped. And that was profound. That made such a ginormous impact of having that morning routine that self-development time, but also planning out your day, but particularly planning it around water breaks and food breaks and things like that. Amazing. Very, very inspiring to, to listen to, you know, to you, um, Johnny, especially because like all those things give you like the, the mindset that you need to crack on with the day and the resources as well to overcome like the obstacles that come, you know, along the entrepreneur's path, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. I think, I think so many people overcome, uh, have these issues particularly with workload, right? I, I mean, lots of people's jobs have huge, huge workloads. And that's what causes a lot of people's stress is how am I going to get all this done so that my boss doesn't, you know, hate me <laughs> or so that the client gets what they want. And often it comes down to poor planning. If you can't do it, it's, it's poor planning. That causes the stress. If you're able to plan correctly, take the, 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 the breaks, quite often you wouldn't have that extreme stress because you get the job done quicker and you're less stressed. So you're, you're not worried about doing it. Who, who, you know, you've had that feeling where you wake up and the first thing you think is, oh man, I've got to do this work again this morning. Or even the night before, the last thing you're thinking about is, oh no, tomorrow morning, I've got to go do that work again. Oh, I really don't want to do it. You stress about it. You don't sleep. And that makes everything worse. But it's very hard to, to take that time to go, I'm going to set a plan. I'm going to schedule my day. I'm going to make sure I take my breaks and I'm going to look after myself. That's quite a hard thing to do, I find, because it's easy to fall into the trap of not doing it. Do you guys agree? I find, I, I couldn't agree with you more, but one thing that I use, you know, in conjunction with what you say um, to try and help me bring back to the present moment is the meditation. Mm. You know, because when I'm th if I'm thinking ahead about the day that I've got tomorrow, um, I'm moving away from, from the present moment and it's causing me stress. So if I bring my attention to the present moment, I can leave that until tomorrow, you know? It's already planned, I've already like structured that what I'm gonna do, but I'll deal with it tomorrow. I'm gonna enjoy now my cup of coffee, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I have, <laughs> the moment. Fernando, you're not gonna like this. I, I, I don't meditate and 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be careful because Fernando is such a meditator he does it whilst he's washing the pots <laughs> yeah. so. you, might, you, you, might, you might be doing it without realising well, come on this explain is, to me what you do well, I, I, don't, I don't know <laughs> so maybe I do meditate I do sit there and just stare quite a lot so, <laughs> but, ah, but, but I, ah. I'm, I'm thinking about things but I know meditation is more about being able to have thoughts come in and just kind of I guess let them be or let them go but I, I i've really struggled in the past to actually meditate because maybe i haven't given it the, the the time that it requires to get good at it i but it's definitely one of those things that every single person that i spoke to that meditates can't say how how, how much better it is they say it's the best thing they ever do so how, like, how, how can I do it? I, how do I get it to switch yeah, off? Well, it, funnily it, enough, Johnny, if you listen to episode two, you'll be able to find out just that. Plug that. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's, uh, it's helped me like over the years uh, so much, Johnny, in so many ways. I mean, I was even, you know, remembering the day that when I go scuba diving, mm -hmm. okay, my oxygen lasts longer than anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No that's because you're more because calm. Because I, I breathe, exactly, because I'm more calm. Uh, the, I sleep better, you know, I, if I ever like, if I'm ever like need to make a decision and my mind is all over the place, I will put a parenthesis and go into nature or mm. I don't have to sit down with my legs crossed. I could be walking, but I could be just being in the present moment is the only way to not being focusing on what's happened or what's going to happen. You know, and that's, it just gives me that oxygen balloon that I need to focus. And I see things in a completely different perspective. You know, I'm not, you know, with emotions like in it, like, I, and I use this with problems, with anything that I face, because like, you know, you, you've perfectly like explained, things comes up that you have to deal with. It's really how you get your resources out to try and manage them. But you, you, you thrive with the problems, Johnny. I've seen you, you know, over these last two years, I've seen you thrive when problems come up and you just think, all right, one step at a time. And I like, I like, uh, God, it's been, it's been amazing. Pro problems are good, <laughs> aren't you. they? And also what you said about being in nature, which is why you should get a dog, right? <laughs> I, I, I've, 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 I had a dog when I was, you know, dogs when I was younger, but I didn't walk them. Um, so I've got a dog recently or this year and I use that time. And when you're saying about being out in nature and I was just thinking, well, actually, do I meditate? Because I walk the dog by myself pretty much every morning yeah. and then normally with my partner in the evening. And that's like conversation connecting time. But the morning I'm like, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking, I'm walking around, you know, on autopilot thinking. So maybe that is my, my, med my meditation. If you if you're walking and feeling the the breeze in your in your face and feeling the you know as you like you walk on the on the soil and you're focusing on the dog obviously, um, you're just not thinking about your problems, your work or anything. That moment is for you. Mm. You're in the present, and that to me is a kind of you know mindful living. You know, um, so you, you I'm sure you're doing it when you're staring at the wall. And you might be just like, you know, just focusing on your breathing. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's mindful breathing. Yeah, that's great. I've so, had a realization today. Yeah. There we go. Like but to, to be honest, Johnny, I feel like I'm quite similar to you in that I can't, that my brain just doesn't compute the idea of meditation. Like mm. it, it, it can't seem to grasp the idea of it. I want to be able to do it. But I think like you, I inadvertently meditate 
So like you, I take the dogs for a walk. We live by um, an estuary, so a, a big open body of water. And I'll find myself stopping at that point and letting the dogs go off and, and have their sniff around and stuff. But at that point there where I just stand in front of the, in front of the river and, and just enjoy the water and the movement, that's my meditation. Mm. But I've, like you, I don't realise that I'm doing it. But our last episode when we talked about meditation, I've actually realised that I am meditating inadvertently more than I thought I was. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I think, mm. I think that I'm, I'm having that realization right now. <laughs> Thank you, guys. An epiphany. Yeah, no, because I, I was just trying to think, you know, before I got the dog, what my mornings were like. Okay, I'd work out, but what if I didn't work out? The dog has to get walked. You know, if I'm not walking the dog, the, the day doesn't happen. Basically, and you know what they're like. Yeah. So, mm. it, it has made made a profound effect. So it's nice to have that realization of actually that is that time, you know, maybe alone and just in nature, even if it is raining, that you're you're still having time to yourself and having time to allow your thoughts exactly. to just manifest and and mm. and come into existence. And they may sometimes be focused on a particular problem in the day, but that's okay. I think that's that's time that you need to maybe compute and, and think about things. So for anyone watching or listening, sorry, trying find to find time for yourself, be that reading or taking a walk or meditating or whatever it's going to be that's going to work for you, then try and carve out that time and make it a priority because it's so easy not to not to make a priority. It's so easy to just get on with your day, to wake up later, to, you know, just get on the train or, or, or drive to work. Even a drive to work can be meditative, I guess. Um, but try and find that time yeah. because it's important and it, it makes it, it does make a difference. Well, do you know massive, what, Johnny? Massive. You, you've just um, you've summed everything everything up brilliantly there, uh, and and what we don't normally do on the episodes is kind of do a, a moment of reflection where we'll discuss all of that. But it, sorry, I'm basically <laughs> going to be repeating what you've just said. But it was brilliant, um, and we are out of time, unfortunately, um, and, and we need to to wrap things up there. So, is there anything else that you want to tell us about you? How do people get in touch with you if they're interested in your work? Um, I understand there's a book, so maybe you want to <laughs> give a bit of a plug about that. I, I, I tell you what, the, be the best thing to do is um just come and say hello to me on instagram uh, I, I go through all my messages and stuff like that uh, some are a bit weird but most of them i reply to so it's johnny bradley uk on that you've got links i have a I've, I've written a book i've got all sorts of stuff i've got hundreds of youtube videos that you can watch if you want to learn a bit about a little bit more about what i do um, but yeah come say hi i'd love to kind of understand what you do for your own mind mindfulness, what you can teach me, because I'm more than open to hear what other people do to, you know, share knowledge and share advice. So I'd love to hear that. And uh, yeah, come connect with me. Cool. That's brilliant. Johnny, thank you so, so much for your time. Um, uh, we understand how busy you are. So we really appreciate you uh, joining uh, Fernando and I for this episode. Yeah, thank you for having thank me. I really, you. really appreciate it. It's been wicked. So Fernando, uh, you get to join me on the reflections um, part of the episode this time because it's not been you talking about stuff. Um, what have you learned from Johnny in, in the time that we spent with him? I just like uh, the more I, I learn about Johnny, the more I like him. You know, he's uh, he's an intuitive modeler. So he looks at the the excellence in people, models it to try and become a better entrepreneur, a better coach, a better at everything. And uh, that's why he does so well. Uh, one of the things that I take from this podcast, which you know, reminds me that I must do more often, is to 
look at my why and and use that as my roadmap you know just think about why did i create what i created because sometimes as time goes on like he said you know we forget um the reasons why which i think you know we should remember every day to try and keep like pushing forward you know yeah no i totally agree with you there there's something for me that when he when he spoke about crisis management um i have to do a lot of that with work and actually just I think I know how to deal with a crisis quite well, but actually just having that affirmation of someone going, just take a step back and just deal with it um, one piece at a time. Uh, that would, that really hit me. Uh, and actually, I'm, I'm really glad that Johnny had that kind of, that, that revelation where he kind of went, do you know what, maybe I do meditate, but it is more of an advertent thing. Um, so hopefully Johnny's got something out of, of doing this episode as much as we have got from meeting him. So thank you again to Johnny. We really appreciate your time. So that's all we've got time for. Just a reminder to come and find us on all the social medias. Uh, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, if you're interested in joining us as a guest, please do drop us a message and get in touch and let us know what you'd like to talk about, anything in the field of mindfulness. Please do go and find our earlier episodes. So this is episode three. And just a reminder that Mindful of Life podcast is sponsored by Vegan Tech. And you can get 15% off uh, any of the Vegan Tech products with the code MINDFUL. That's the word MINDFUL, M-I-N-D-F-U-L. So yeah, if you're interested in trying out some of the Vegan Tech products, please go do that. Um, I've been Adam. Fernando's been Fernando. Johnny was brilliant. We'd uh, thank you all for listening and we'll hopefully see you next time. Thank you. Mm -hmm.